So just because I don't know when we're going to put this episode, um, again, apologies for the sound quality. We're trying out some Skype things in the lead up to in a couple of weeks when we're going to have a special guest. Um, yeah, we explain it a bit more in the next episode or the previous episode. <laughs> Who knows? I'll cut this out of whichever one. <laughs> And, I mean, we're recording for the first time in the morning, so we're all kind of like sleepy pyjama babies. Um, yeah, so I am sleepy pyjama baby number one. Uh, and I use them pronouns. Uh, this is Grace, your primary researcher. I also use they them pronouns. And I am I'm the biggest sleepy pyjama baby right now. And the good, the good egg eater. This is Stevie, your secondary researcher your smallest pajama baby who has not yet had breakfast oh stevie so then i'll be like trying to bash this out real fast so i can go eat so we'll keep it succinct i respect that you just said keep it succinct and i was like i think we should do a dramatic reading of the conversation grace and i had while we were waiting for you (laughs) i'm gonna talk about bagels Okay, let's go. So this is a special episode. Um, like I say, I don't know when we're going to put this into the canon of episodes. But because Stevie has done so much cool research, um, and uh, she explained yesterday that riding off of the back of Muriel, we should probably use a bit of like a religion extra episode. Take it away. <laughs> When's the library open? <laughs> the library's open this morning. <laughs> Special episode. The library opens at nine. Oh, God. (laughs) So this is Victor Hugo and religion. And I'm basically just going to be drawing from one source, really, uh, called Victor Hugo's Religion as Drawn from His Writings by Professor Huss. And I've put a link to a free PDF of it in the bibliography because it is such a good source. And it also ends with some academics fighting, so I didn't even need to, like, hunt that down. Oh, amazing. They were already like, <laughs> fuck you, at the end of this speech. <laughs> they were already going for it. I love it. So, Victor Hugo's religion. Apparently, maybe unsurprisingly from how deep... Well, we're not that deep in, but from exploring Muriel, he kind of high-key hated Catholicism... Oh, really? <laughs> uh, well, so according to this source, um, and had like a much more like personal view of God and religion. So he's not not religious, but what he really hates is the sort of Christian Catholic hierarchy of priests and the Pope, which is, I guess, I thought kind of made sense to read because we've got Muriel, who is the good, good boy. But he really is the good, good boy. And sort of everything else surrounding the Catholic Church that we've come across hasn't been so very good. Like, even Muriel... Which is why he's, like, just steal the shit from the cathedral. Because he's like, well, fuck those boys. Bearing that sort of thing in mind, we can't... If we're considering the Catholic religion as not only believing in their 
specific uh, representation of God, but also like the hierarchy, then can we consider him a Catholic? Also, there's some like really good quotes of him just being like, the priest hates and lies. Priests are an open abscess. Oh. Priests make shadow. <laughs> and these are all apparently like things Hugo said, like in poems or in writings. You're like, oh shit! He's just shouting down the street, just walking around like <laughs> priests are abscess. Abscess. Oh my god! An open abscess. That's wild. Literally <laughs> <laughs> zero chill. Like or like speaking as the horse person as well. Like I hear the word abscess and I'm like, <gasps> <laughs> exactly. So like not good. But then so when it comes to Jesus, this I felt like so far this is the most relatable for me thing of Victor Hugo that he like really engor- enjoyed his personal view of Jesus. That it was like, oh, he's such a good boy. But just as an enlightened reformer and an exalted type of human virtue. So not, he didn't believe that God had a son, but he was like, this Jesus folk guy was like real cool and he really cared about the people and I can get down with that. I can get down with that too. He's got his fucking headcanon Jesus. He's like, oh yeah, in my AU, he's not the son of God. Um, but he's like he's like this revolutionary and also he's got golden curly hair and he's also called Apollo and I love him <laughs> but that's like really relatable because like I don't know I have a very like I love my idea of who not a god Jesus would have been it's very similar to Saint Young Men Jesus <laughs> I mean that is an excellent Jesus. <laughs> if you've got to have one. Hugh, Victor Hugo setting up his little shrine with like a picture of an anime Jesus. Oh my god, yes. <laughs> <laughs> but then like, so even that, just from where we're at, I feel like we can already see that, especially in Muriel, because as we pointed out, whenever we're like, Muriel's Jesus! Muriel's just his head headcanon of Jesus! That you're like, oh, well, that isn't like him being not like sacrilegious or whatever. But him literally being like, so I think Jesus is just this boy who cared a lot and didn't really care for mm. the Judaism and the way that their priests, is it priests? Rabbis? Uh. Rabbis? Rabbis. But yeah, yeah, Jesus had a lot of beef with the rabbis, but he was doing his own separate good work. But that's mm. kind of what we see from Muriel as he like keeps the vestments and is like, well, I can do this better. But I want to use this platform to help people. Mm-hmm. He's got kind of his own sort of like organic version of religion. Yeah. That has kind of a moral basis and he works with the sort of the practical as a as on a like a case by case basis, which I think is is a pretty good way to live and also kind of a like a it's quite a modern way to think about religion. Sorry, me and Nemo just kind of like nodded silently. Mm. No, I can see. I can see you. You just can't see me. <laughs> no, I mean, like people can't hear us nodding. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. 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 Mm. But yeah, that was so. Even re-listening to maybe one of our first episodes talking about this, and that one of you was saying, "Oh, he doesn't seem to have Christian values 
necessarily it's more that he's a good person and by yeah mm. by modern day christian standards that's kind of what they want to be represented as is like yeah we're good people that mm. yeah when you initially said that i was like okay that's interesting because that is sort of what now christianity is but maybe not necessarily back then which yeah i think muriel kind of highlights this view of hugo's if you agree yeah yeah no it's it's weird because it's that like when when we when we talk about religion or 19th century religion stuff it's really easy to be like oh you know that's it's such a modern idea of religion that he has but i honestly don't know if he was like a forerunner of this kind of thought or if he was like part of a big group of people who thought like this or, mm. or if it was like completely normal yeah because because for me whenever i think about 19th century religion i'm just like oh you know everyone was like super super christian which meant like they were believing the bible but believing it's the kind of christian where you believe that everything in the bible happened egalitarian um, no. Um, oh, crikey. That takes me back. <laughs> oh. oh, well, anyway. Yeah, yeah, that one. The, the, the idea that, like, everything everything in the Bible is gospel, gospel truth. <laughs> <laughs> literal um, truth, I guess. Literal truth, yeah. Yeah, so it's, it's weird, because I don't know how much to be like, oh, wow, he was so modern, or, like how much we should be aware of, like, everyone being like this. Yeah. There was definitely different camps. Uh, mm. But, yeah, he wasn't the only one that was like, God damn, I hate the fucking <laughs> priests, yeah. the Pope. Am I right? <laughs> oh, I'm just imagining him as, like, a stand-up comedian. Like, <laughs> the Pope, am I right? Boom! <laughs> Get off the stage! And he brings out his, like, Muriel puppets as, like, Punch and Judy. And oh, my like... God. <laughs> no, it'd be, like, Jean Valjean and Javette as the Punch and Judy. Oh, my oh God. My God. Yes. No. I've just found my way back onto uh, BBC Bite Size. GCMP oh, wow. oh For the first time in literally seven years. <laughs> and apparently it is fundamentalist Christians who... Um, who take the Bible literally. Conservative Christians believe that um, the Bible was written by people sort of like channeling the word of God, as it were. So it's like inspired by the word of God mm-hmm. rather than it, like rather than each word literally being written by God, as it were. And liberal Christians sort of interpret, um, yeah, in- interpret the Bible in, in their own way. Yeah, I think by modern standards, at least from this one article, uh, he would maybe have been considered a liberal Christian. That's the way it came because he to ha- me. He has this very, like, his personal view of God, um, which I have a bit more on. But yeah, but maybe by his times period, maybe it was less like, you can still be a, a Catholic or whatever, but you're allowed to, like, disagree with... But actually, saying that, he was literally like, God, my God has no son, that you're like, okay, so that's closer to Judaism then, I guess, but you wouldn't at all have considered yourself that, Muriel, so he is kind of growing buck wild. That's... 
he's like, oh yeah, I've come up with this whole new religion. Uh, well, like Jesus doesn't have a dad. Oh, hey, that's like quite similar to Judaism. No, 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 nothing like that. (laughs) (laughs) Nothing like those people. (laughs) It's not even like a that thing. It is literally personal. (laughs) Yeah. Wait, does 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 Muriel say something about his God having no son? Or is that, or was that, oh God, or was that, um, no, no, because that, I, was that something that Hugo said? Oh, yeah, yeah, no, sorry, this is, Hugo said that. Oh, okay, I was like, I don't remember that, that's wild. <laughs> no, sorry if that wasn't clear. All these, like, strong opinions, mm. these are all coming, like, from Hugo. Yeah, so he's, yeah, yeah, that's the, that's the trans, transposition of his views onto uh, his character. Yeah, um. Because yeah, so he but he did really believe in a idea of God that apparently he was like he couldn't go to a village without going and preaching. Oh my god! Then I was like, okay, Muriel, still. Um, But that he really didn't believe that bad things that happen, like uh, an example I've been given is the slaughter and bloodshed during the War of Commune in Paris. He doesn't believe that God would have decided that that was a thing to happen, that he had predestined that. That He apparently said, mm. if some priest says that God willed it, he lies. And that kind of falls under my last big point, uh, which is his. he's got quite an interesting relationship with fate slash destiny versus this predestination or providence. Uh, and I, I'm putting in the bibliography again, like this really cool uh, quote about the difference between the two, which is basically fate is something that just happens, is unstoppable, like whether or not it's for the best, it's just going to happen. Whereas providence is something that is dictated by God, that he sort of like helps and nurtures to make sure, make sure happens and would for the most part, like be for the best because God is caring. So Hugo sort of believed that uh, sometimes fate kind of beats out providence. Hmm. So that, like, God will have had some good intentions and then fate's like, lol, no. Hmm. Um, which is, That's a really, that's really interesting, yeah. yeah. So ha- Professor Hass believes the dualism of providence and destiny is one of Hugo's fundamental beliefs and is one of the mainsprings and leading ideas in his most noteworthy productions, e.g. Lamer's. Uh, hmm. And like, yeah, because so far, everything that's happened, we're like, wow, it just so happened that this thing happened, and then this thing happened. Mm-hmm. You could almost say it was all fate. <laughs> but mm-hmm. knowing that he's got, he sort of sees these two things as very separate and kind of almost like warring against each other, or, like, mm. fate just sort of, like, fecking up God's plans. And that's, like, totally a thing that he believes yeah. was possible. At what points in the story do we think, oh, this would be Hugo slash Muriel's God's will? At what points is it, like, fate was just, like... <laughs> okay, that's okay. so interesting. Um, so, Javert being destiny and... Uh, being providence because no matter where Jean Valjean goes no matter what he does so God's plan 
he always comes across Javert. So it's like destiny foiling God's plan at every kind yeah, of step. Yeah. But then they do have to kind of like work together and you have to get that perfect balance of like God's plan and destiny. To save Marius. Yeah. Well, so... Oh, nice. <laughs> Cracked it, lads. <laughs> and then like, so what's really interesting though is that he believes in the end, like right after all of this struggle, in the end, God will like intervene. Yeah. So there will be all this like, meh, 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 between between fate and providence. But at the end of the day, God will like prevail, and like I don't know. And fate will jump off a river into the Seine. Yeah. So is that was that moment God being like, bitchy thought, and now that version's okay. I think I think it's the whole like if you take it too hard one way or the other, maybe because. Um, at that point, Javert can't reconcile what he's done with, like, God or divine actions. And I think he's just realised that he hasn't been working for to further God's plan and stuff like that. So I think rather than it being, like, <laughs> bitchy thought, like, shoves him off into the river. It's like Valjean had to work to sort of become God's child. And even at the end, he's still having to struggle right until his last days to sort of reconcile human thought and God thought. Whereas Javert just couldn't hack it. Yeah. <laughs> oh, this is the boy. No, I was thinking about um, that, the idea of um, Jean Valjean being um, Providence and Javert being fate works as well in the, um, in the hospital with Fontaine. But obviously we haven't got there. But mm. that, um, like, just going from the, the scenes in the musical, Jean Valjean is going, you know, literally, give me three days and I can make this, like, important thing happen. I can save this child. And it's literally, mm. like, the, the law waits for nobody. You know, it, it's, it's fate cutting across the plans of God to do something and, to, and, and spare a child. Yeah, so it's quite an interesting... Thing to know about Hugo and to like, but yeah, now while we're reading everything mm. else, to sort of be like, oh yeah, shit, here's that. Because yeah, already we've been like, ah oh, yes, here's three ways yeah. that you can see that this Dark Professor Huss is maybe correct. <laughs> though, though, um, I want to know, was this, so you mentioned before um, that Hugo couldn't really believe in like, uh, God being all loving because of the Paris Commune, the Siege of Paris. Also, that's... But that... Oh, no, you go. That was in 1870. So it was quite a lot after, after mm. Les Mis. It was, like, 15 years before Hugo died, but, like, 30 years after uh, Les Mis was starting being written. So, I mean, your thought can progress quite a lot in that time, yeah. so I'm not sure how much... Like, yeah. Well, so that... His thought there wasn't that God can't be all-loving because he let these bad things happen. It's that, mm. say, like, maybe that was fate, was that the uh, that awful thing happened, but oh, that see, it wasn't God's will. Whereas, like, right. if, like, at the time, the Catholic priests would have been saying, you know, like, everything is God's will. Everything that happens, right, right. he is omnipotent, he is omnipresent, he is omniscient. Whereas Hugo's like, mm. no, 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 my nice boy God. 
Mm. He he wouldn't <laughs> do this shit. You cannot blame him for this shit. Mm. Because yeah, because he couldn't be all loving if he let these things happen. Mm. It's kind of where mm. he goes coming at. Right. But he did <sighs> That seems so weird to me. Like getting to the point where such shitty things are happening and then being like, oh no, 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 no. He's not benevolent. He's not benevolent. He's not benevolent because these shit things are happening. It's just not God's fault. Yeah. So it's a very like pick and mix Hugo yeah. religion. It is. It's, it's the most Hugo thing I've ever heard in my entire <laughs> life. Like him marrying together like the Christian idea of of God and you know the like the all powerful all knowing God and the like classical Greek and Roman concept of fate. Yeah. Like, yeah. <laughs> it's literally the most. To remind Hugo. you guys, his his like um, pen name was Olympus. Yeah, good, yeah. And also like ninety like, percent you know. of the text being a reference to like some like, some classical yeah. The Odyssey. Oh god, yeah. he's such a nerd. <laughs> though, though that would have been pretty regular for the writing at this yeah. time. Sorry to derail from. Now it's like verging very close to my <laughs> distinction, so I'm like, we need to stop before I <laughs> do that. So yeah, so this whole Victor Hugo's very personal god. Also put me in mind of, you know, the whole revolutionary moment between Muriel mm. and him. And, like, when we were... You read out that one little excerpt and you were like, so did he suddenly find God? Is that what just happened? Yeah. And then it was like, oh, well, did he find God? Or was it more this, like, realisation that everything is connected or something? But yeah, that kind of made me think, is that... Was that revolutionary dying? Was that Hugo? Because he's... That wasn't necessarily... Maybe he suddenly found the Christian God or Muriel's God, but he seemed to find mm. something. Yeah. So like, what's going on there? I think because didn't he? And the only person who could win against Muriel is Victor Hugo. So <laughs> there you go. Oh my God! Why is this boy like this, Jesus? Because he found. Because he was a philosopher, I sort of got the impression that, like, for him. His God was like he managed to like in that that moment, you know, with with like the light and that, and he's you know staring up into into the infinite. Is that it, it is it? It's a it's a case of the infinite and unexplainable like possibilities of of the world and of humanity, and that that was God, like that was for the conventionalist God, like that was sort of what. What I yeah. thought is a compelling argument. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we need to get all academic on this shit and be like, no, you are wrong. <laughs> like, <laughs> no, I'm saving that for the end. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I kind of feel, I feel, yeah, I don't think his God is was the same as, as Muriel's God, but they kind of, they shared that moment where both of their gods could exist in the same space. And I think yeah, that was oh, what, I like that. yeah, like, uh, espe- I, it, and I think it was sort of especially beautiful with the the environment that they were in as well, like watching the sun, watching the sun go down, literally mm. on the porch. <laughs> yeah, so that, that actually came up a lot uh, 
that Hugo, in his later years, mm. like his relationship with religion and God did continue to like change a little bit, especially as he was older. That for him, a lot of it was like being in nature. He that is where his God is, and that's mm. how he feels closest to So, yeah, I, I think I agree uh, with what you were saying. There. Yeah, and that also maybe this was Victor Hugo's. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the wisest, most all-suffering boy, turned out by all of society. Yeah. I'm not sure why we're surprised. Yeah, <laughs> it took us this long to yeah, realize. Yeah. Oh well. God, it's actually just Victor Hugo, isn't it? Oh yeah, of course. Yeah. No, I I, I like the um. What you're saying about finding God in in wild spaces, that sort of thing, because we see there's there's a lot there's quite a lot of attention paid to the like descriptions of the, like things like the light, things like you know we we see um, in the episode that's either before or after this one we see um, Valjean across like a, a the blasted moor and that sort of thing. So it's quite a I think there's a lot of a lot of power in the the natural descriptions and kind of in again like a sort of a, a capital R romantic kind of yeah. way. I don't know. How, is it useful for us to sort of know these things about Hugo? Because like I went to Goldsmiths, oh, yes. there was no there was no doing anything without having to be like, what was their backstory? Why did mm. they think this? What was going on at the time? Post colonialism. <laughs> Mm. Oh man, me too. Postcolonialism, <laughs> every single got me lesson. with the postcolonialism. Um, but yeah, no, it, it was quite. I don't know. Uh, if you are interested in reading more, I've dropped the the entire PDF in the bibliography. Mm. It's not actually very long. It's only a couple pages. Um, okay, but okay. yeah, it was quite interesting, especially just the quotes that are like apparently from Hugo's mouth. They're just like hilarious. Yeah. So it's worth it just for him to be like, I fucking hate priests. <laughs> boy is and then, wild. Oh, no, you go, Grace. No, no, that was just me going, this boy is fucking wild. And, like, <laughs> <laughs> and then as bonus content, it turned out that this paper was being read at like a convention. So you mm. get at the end, you get all the like, Professors standing up to be like, well, I think. Oh my god! <laughs> and he lit. So Professor Huss, who uh, is the one who presented this paper and all these ideas mm. that I've discussed, gets into a fight with this other professor, oh uh, Fort- <laughs> Fortier from Tulane University. Where so Fortier's opinion, uh, in contrast, is like, oh, I don't think Hugo shows any. E- Enmity against the Catholic Church. So, like, what? I don't think he has any beef with the Catholic Church. Um, Great, yeah. He was like, surely, if he did not practice the Catholic religion, he was at least a Christian man, and so acted. <laughs> and then Prof- Professor Huss is just like, I didn't say that Hugo hated Catholics. He just hated the church and the priests. Truly, he <laughs> didn't hate the Pope. He did. <laughs> yeah. yeah, there is no way that he didn't. Like, <laughs> Yeah, I was kind of like, wanted more, I, like, wanted more of Fortier to, like, I don't know, defend himself. But you just get Professor has literally, like, a couple times being like, no, 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 but, no, I'm just saying, I'm just saying you hated the priests. Cut, come back. That makes me, that makes me. <laughs> <laughs> and it's 
someone who's been to like Anglo-Saxon symposiums, this is literally what goes down. People stand up to be like, <laughs> fuck you, you're wrong. And then the person presenting is like, I had half an hour, I couldn't get everything in. <sighs> fuck you, you're wrong. So that makes a fun read. And then it just ended with the convention adjourned till 3pm and about a hundred of its <laughs> members met at the St. James Hotel to partake of the luncheon. Oh. <laughs> this luncheon was prolonged considerably over the hour. Oh, oh my. my God. And you know what it, it is? is. They were having a fucking bath. They're literally the just sitting there fighting. <laughs> I really hope that they were. You can tell that as soon as they like sat down, um, Fortier and Professor Hurst? Hurst, like locked eyes with each other across the room. And Professor Hurst was like, oh, God, no. And Fortier was like, I'm fucking coming for you, mate. And then they literally had to have another professor like interview halfway through and be like, well, let's, let's try and like. Let's try and reconcile your two ideas. And Professor Hurst was like, no, no, but I didn't say that. So maybe it's worth reading literally just for the transcript of the end oh of God. professors fighting. And I'm still, I'm just seeing it as, you know, like the rap battle from Hamilton. That's like all, oh like, and all that's going on in my head, which, I mean, that's, that's all that's ever going on. That is on literally in my head. all. Like, literally everything we ever every, do. Uh, like, it's, it's just you know, the rap battle I from Hamilton. I imagine this as the rap battle. Like, like that's Hamilton. literally all I want. Like, everything at all times. That's all I want. Because, yeah, so we've got one guy saying, like, oh, no, 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 like, despite some of these things, he was still a Christian man. So I thought maybe as we're reading through Lemes, or just even now looking back at Muriel, what is more compelling? Like, we do get a really nice picture of a bishop through Muriel. Mm. So... But even Valjean says, oh, you're nothing like a bishop, you must yeah. be like the poorest curate. Yeah. So I, I think Hearst is right with the, like, hating bishops and hating mm. the church. and Or hating the grandeur of it all. Mm. So Hugo, low-key, high-key, getting his strong opinions. His strong opinions. <laughs> but yeah, that's meeting adjourned. That's all I've got for Man, that was rad as hell, though. That's, like, such a cool, like, it's given us so many cool ways to think about, like, what actually happens in the text. So hopefully I will, like, do more of these every now and again, interlude with the, like, what did Hugo think about, I don't know, post-colonialism! <laughs> <laughs> we have to do a post-colonialism episode. And when we get to Waterloo, you'll have so oh much God. to talk about. I have, I, like, that first day I did research, I was getting, yeah. I, I wrote, like, four pages on people's opinions on that Waterloo interlude before I was like, I don't know <laughs> if I need this yet, I'm gonna come back later, that's too much. Anything that I can make into a uh, this is a Valjean and Javert <laughs> I'm very pleased about so AU where he is fate and he is providence. It's not even an <laughs> AU though, that's the thing. Canon. Like actual canon. Oh well oh no, okay, maybe head canon, but you know what I mean. That's this wild. is my essay, arguing that. Yeah, legit. Honestly, it makes me want to do a PhD yeah. oh, just to write this essay. Jesus. Yeah. Then this episode has been a success. <laughs> I'm just going to submit this podcast as we... Um, <laughs> Literally, I've been thinking that, where I was like, well, I'm going to be doing so much fucking research. I should be able to <laughs> hand in my book of books to someone and be like, look, I've put in the time. <laughs> look what I we did. Should... I don't care about Les Mis, but look at all this research. <laughs> Can you do, like, joint... 
I mean, we could still make a book, right? Oh, we let's write do. A book oh my this. god. So we've got the transcripts. We just like we've got the fucking transcripts. Yeah. <laughs> put a cover on it and be like, "Yup, yee." This, yeah, there's some like other things that I haven't even like gotten into. So, yeah, there's a lot to say. Man. And we'll keep saying it because now I've got my little claws into like, uh, yes, faith in providence. Anytime anything happens, and we like, so that one time I did like an actual interesting episode. How do I bring it back to that? This has been Bread and Barricades, and in this podcast, where we've talked about religion. And I think we actually cracked it, guys, so good job. No more. Yeah, I can't believe you so cracked religion. <laughs> It was produced by me, Neil Martin, and Julian Yap, who is providing transcripts for us, which you can find in our Google Drive, which will be in the show notes. Um, it was a Captain's Collections podcast. If you like this episode, uh, please like and give us a comment on iTunes, or um, we have a Ko-fi account. Um, please donate to us if you can. Um, you can find us at Bread and Barricades on Tumblr and at Lamer's uh, Podcast on Twitter. <laughs> Our email address is at Lamer's Podcast, L-E-S-M-I-S Podcast at gmail.com. If you have any comments, questions, or quibbles, please let us know. And yeah, thank you for listening. Thanks for listening. across the Atlantic every day just just do it just it's do it clear. oh no we'll have our own private jet oh uh, yeah yeah, we've got a really anyway. yeah okay yeah I suppose, yeah we would have a plane that's fine yeah